I'm Luke Betger, and this is On Point. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to On Point. This is the show where I get to sit down with European church leaders for meaningful conversations on leadership and life. And I am so excited for today's episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it, because I actually get to interview one of my favorite people ever. And you'll see why I'm saying uh, she's one of my favorite people ever in just a minute. But I do want to say this is a, an incredible leader. She's been in ministry for decades. She has so much experience. She's one of the greatest people when it comes to loving others that I've ever witnessed and that I've ever experienced. And I have learned so much from observing how she does ministry and how she lives her life. And I've been so privileged to be able to live life very close to this incredible leader. Her name is Ulrika Stenstrand, and she is my mother-in-law. How crazy is that? I mean, it's amazing. I, I don't think there's, there's too many people that get, to, that get to sit down and interview their mother-in-law. And I was able to do that for this episode of On Point. And uh, listen, you're going to love it. I really think that you're going to get something out of it today. And uh, so lean in. I encourage you to do that. Just before we get to the interview, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. It means so much that you're doing that. If you like the show, why don't you take time and share it with someone? Share it on social media, send a link to somebody, uh, and also leave a review on Apple Podcasts for us. It would help us with the algorithms to continue to surface us higher up. Uh, when people are searching. But, you know, we did launch actually in the top 20 podcasts in Sweden. And we've also been listened to all over the world in many different nations, nations across Europe. And it's really cool to see the response. And, you know, I've been getting people reaching out over Instagram and just thanking uh, us for this podcast and, and how it's been inspiring them. So uh, make sure that you continue to listen and keep sharing it with people. And if there's some episodes that you haven't heard, go back into the archive and listen to a few of those as well, because so far it's been really cool to hear from so many amazing church leaders across Europe and to just be inspired and stirred. My faith has been stirred up by what God is doing across this great continent, and I am so filled with hope for the future as well. Nonpoint is brought to you by the European Church Growth Initiative. At ECGI, we equip churches, pastors, and leaders for influential ministry. If you're interested in more about who we are and what we do, please visit ecgi.se to find out more. And now I'm not going to keep you waiting anymore. We're going to get right into the conversation. I'm really excited for you to hear from Pastor Ulrika Stenstrand. Well, welcome. This is exciting. This is a pretty cool one because I have a very special guest on the podcast today. The one and only, my mother-in-law, <laughs> Ulrika Stenstrand. Welcome. Thank you. And we're in person. And Thank this is nice. We get to do it together live. here. Live. It's not over Zoom or anything because uh, we're allowed to. So yeah. this is okay. And it's a beautiful evening. It is. And uh, we're sitting in a nice sunroom. And I couldn't think of anything better to be doing right now than talking to you. And so I'm going to start with the hardest question you've ever had yep. for anything, yep. which is who is your favorite son-in-law? Uh, let me think. Let me think. <laughs> oh, this is off to a bad We call start. him Lucky Luke. Yes, you yeah. do call me Lucky. I do call you Lucky in Luke. In fact, I, I've never really grown up with a nickname, uh, but you have given me the nickname Lucky, and you call me that all the time. 
And sure. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be called Lucky. It's lucky nice. Luke. And I didn't know that that was a cartoon character until way too late, but I'm happy to be called Lucky Luke. I think it's correct. So True. Anyways, um, this is awesome. This is exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, interviewing <laughs> you, especially because, uh, uh, I mean, I, I think that you've got so much experience when it comes to ministry and life and there's wisdom and there is, and y- you, you know, you may like laugh and think that that's not true, but it is so true. And I'm looking forward to just uh, uh, hearing from you around that and hearing your story and hearing your journey and how you are, who you are and where you are today. I think that's a pretty cool thing. So um, we're going to jump right into it. And I've got a whole bunch of questions I want to ask you, but before we get to some of the questions around like today and leadership today and pastoring a church today, I want to know how you got to where you are today. So to begin, well, first off, did you ever think that you would be a pastor? No, never. Never? Never. What did you think you would be? Uh, when I was a little girl, maybe I thought, you know, the traditional things, like maybe a nurse, uh, maybe a teacher. Okay. Yeah, like that. Like just kind of the... Yeah, the, ordinary. What some, anybody yeah. would think. Yeah. And now you grew up in the south of Sweden. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful city called Karlskrona. Yeah. Karlskrown. <laughs> Karlskrona. Oh, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> And we still talk about it all the time. <laughs> all the roads leads to? <laughs> leads to Carl's Corona. And it is a beautiful place. I mean, I love it there. Um, but it, was, it wasn't a huge city. No. Was like, what was your worldview like then? Did you feel like the world was big or were you kind of just like focused in on the town that you grew up in? I focused a lot in the town that I grew up in. Uh, but we traveled actually quite a lot mm-hmm. for um, our family. Yes. So, for example, we went to Africa for a while because I had some uncles uh, working there as missionaries. So that was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, so we stayed there for a while. Yeah. Now, was, uh, was that kind of like a bit of your view of what ministry was? Like your uncles were missionaries? Yeah, actually, I thought I was going to be a missionary in Africa. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm a missionary in, in our city, Westeros. So yeah. But, uh, and I think my parents had a quite big world for, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in the 70s. Six, I was born in 1965. So I think they had a quite a big world in a way. Like considering. Yeah, yeah. considering. So, But every generation goes further. So mm-hmm. now I've been all over the place. But um, hey. No kidding. It's amazing how that can happen. You yeah. go from small town Karls Corona in the south yeah. of Sweden, which again, it's a, it's a very pretty place. But it's not like, it's it's not one of these like, cities that's known around the world. I mean, it's known in Sweden, uh, but it's hardly, not, uh, hardly. <laughs> but at summertime when people travel a lot in Sweden, uh-huh. we didn't have to go anywhere because you, as you know, yeah. it's close to the sea, uh, close to boats and, and everything you can do, swim and everything. So we didn't have to go anywhere. And all our relatives came to our city when we right. grew up. So all my See, cousins. I think that's cool. I don't know what that's like to live in a place where it's like everybody comes yeah. to you. Like you're the... Uh, the summer city. I think that that's a, a, an interesting experience. And it is interesting that, because I'm sure that there are some people at that time in the seventies and cross Corona, they never like left. They would never need to go out. They never had to think about the rest of the world or anything like that. I mean, it was its so own true. place. It's know. another Island in, the, in uh, Sweden that's called Öland. So we went to Öland quite a gotcha. lot that yeah. was the that's vacation an hour away that's sort of vacation spot for yeah I, I think it's amazing how god works and how um h- how he takes us from 
you know, certainly the places that are home to us or that we grow up in and will take us to places we could have never imagined. I mean, I've experienced that. I'm sitting here in Sweden with you in a city called Linköping, yeah. um, which I had never heard of until, I don't know, five years ago or something like that, 10 years ago, and um, never would have imagined that to be the case. But it's wonderful how God takes us from one place to another place. How did you end up moving away from Carl's Corona? So uh, I had a very happy childhood, like the best. And uh, my teenage years was also very happy, a lot mm. of laughing. And uh, so we had a new pastor coming to our city, a pastor's family, big pastor's family, right? called the Stenstrand family. <laughs> so uh, uh, they moved to our city in 1980. And uh, the oldest son, there were seven pastor's kids. Mm. And the oldest son was called PJ, Perry Wan. And we went to the same school. Right. And, of course, we went to the same church and, and everything. And we actually um, almost had the same birthday. We found out when we turned 15, when they just had, had moved to our city. Yeah. Uh, we found out that, hey, we are the same age. So let's celebrate our birthdays together. So we did that when we turned 15. And then just a few months later, later in February 1981, we became a couple. Wow. And uh, we've been that, so it's 40 years. It's what, Okay, year. I want to know, like, what was your first impression of PJ? What did you think of him? Oh, what do I think of him? I think it was funny. I think yeah. it was uh, handsome. And, oh, no, handsome, maybe and, uh, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. is that the word? He thought it was cool, too. <laughs> and i was not i mean i was very shy okay very shy and he can't spell that word in any (laughs) language so (laughs) it was like and he he had moved so much during his childhood because his father is a pastor still kind of is he's retired now but they've been moving around the whole sweden he's actually born here in lynn shopping yeah right and then they've been in so many different cities all around sweden and i was born and raised in the same city right so, uh, yeah, for us, it was perfect. Wow. Yeah. I think that's cool. It's like, what a whirlwind all of a sudden. Uh, uh, so, I mean, life is, you know, normal. It's good. And then all of a sudden, okay, something shifts at the age of 15. I mean, yeah. that's pretty young to, uh, to, to get together and to know um, that, that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I think that we're going to start dating. I mean, people have boyfriends and girlfriends at that age, but it, gen- it generally doesn't last beyond a couple months, couple years or anything like that. Did you know then like, okay, there's something different here or was it just fun? Actually, PJ had an experience just the summer they moved to our city. Uh, like God really called him yeah. to be in ministry. And so it didn't, didn't take long until we uh, had the big <laughs> conversation about Where's life. This going? <laughs> but even though you don't understand, you don't know what it really means when you're 15. Right. It's like a year is like... Uh, it's everything. Uh, yeah. It's forever. Every, it's forever. So, yeah. But God, God takes it step by step. So Now, um, you grew up in a Christian family. Yeah. I know that. Your parents were very involved in the church. They were... Sunday school teachers and uh, elders, elders, yeah. and they have an incredible legacy within church. And so church was obviously a huge part of your life growing up. It was. Um, but, it, I mean, were you involved in church, like, as a kid? Yeah. As a, yeah, you yeah. were? Always. Okay. I think I was three days old when they took me to church the oh, first wow. time. Yeah. Okay. So I've always been in church. Like, every 
every Friday for youth, yeah. every Sunday for services, and, and then Sunday school first. Mm-hmm. Uh, always an open home with a lot of people, a lot of guests, a yeah. lot of relatives, a lot of people all the time. Yeah. And I never, ever heard them complaining. They always talk so much good things in our house and wow. prayed a lot and um, always spoke good things about the pastors and so much fun, so much laughter. It's that. like I'm telling a fairy tale, but it's true. No, I, I uh, absolutely. I think that that's like, but of course that is not always everybody's heart, but I think that, yeah, you were raised in a home where there was just a priority on faith and a priority on church and honor. And I think it's amazing that legacy that has, um, I mean, transferred to you and also transferred to Victoria, obviously, my wife, your daughter. I mean, I see it in her like crazy. Yeah. Just the importance of honoring and, and speaking faith into situations and um, and being in church for that matter. And I had my best friends in church. I had so yeah. much fun. We, right. we, I mean, we had camps and it was both winter and summer. And uh, it, it's still, still some of my best friends are still there. So I, love that. I loved it. I, I can't remember even a day that was tough. Right. It was uh, so much fun. And so then uh, PJ has this experience where he feels called into ministry. Yeah. Um, Did you, at that point, were you thinking, okay, maybe ministry is a thing now, or was it still not really on the table? No. I was like, "Uh, okay, let's take that in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't against it at all. Uh, I mean, and uh, I saw his parents flourishing in that way, but it was like such a big picture that I couldn't take it in. So I was still just a young girl and we enjoyed life. And um, so, no, I didn't take it fully in. No. No, at all. How long were you together before you got married? Five years, but we were only 20. So yeah, it's like schizophrenic when I say we were only 20, but we are the same age. So we've been married for 35 years, just a few days ago. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. And... Uh, that whole time you were both in Carl's Corona when yep. you were dating and engaged in everything. Yeah. Wow. And so then you guys got married. You're 20 years old. Obviously now having to really decide what's the rest of life going to be or not. What's Maybe not. I, I think a lot of people do that. They think what's the rest of life going to be when you're 20 years old and you're trying to make those decisions. And it's like, hey, it's probably going to turn out very different than you thought it would be. Um, but at least you're talking about what's the next step going to be. And what was the next step for you after Carl's Corona? So PJ wanted to study at the university, and so did I, in a mm-hmm. way. So um, he was a youth pastor first in our home city, Carl's Corona, uh, just for a few years. And then he wanted to study, so we moved to a city called Jönköping. Mm-hmm. And um, a pastor there called PJ and asked him if he wanted to be part-time youth pastor while studying. And so we did. And for me, that was like only a, maybe a three-hour drive away from our home city. But it was like I moved to Australia or something. <laughs> it was a big step for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, far away from home, so I thought. But uh, he got stretched you just a little bit at a time. Right. And then we had a pastor there. And that new city that really took care of us. And he has a, an amazing part of our story where we are right now. So God was having our hand over us. I can see like a red thread. Like he's been wow. with us and he's been with me. I mean, he's been with us, but he's so like taking care of me and you. And you was listening. I mean, it's not like yeah. everything happened at the same time. It takes its step. I needed that. 
I wow. knew that. Yeah. You needed it one yeah. step at a time. Yeah. Do you think if God had revealed to you everything at once? I would, would have, have fainted. Been, yeah, right. Yeah. Or died. died. <laughs> or died. Maybe <laughs> on died the on the spot. He would have taken you up to yeah. heaven. That would have yeah. been it. Yeah. I think God's gracious in that way, yeah. isn't he? Um, and at the same time, that makes me, it makes me both excited and nervous for the future, even now. Um, because I recognize it's like, oh, um, I guarantee that when I'm uh, in my 50s, I'll look back now. And I'll be like, oh, you didn't even know what was in store yet, both the good and the bad. Um, but keeping God at the center, it will uh, ultimately work out yeah. uh, in, in the right way. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy, but I think that's a beautiful thing. It is. Something wonderful to consider. And I, I think I've seen that in your life for sure. But also in your life, there's been a pattern of, um, I would say, just faithfulness with you and PJ and a willingness to step out. And I mean, it could have been easy for you to get married and settle down across Corona and, yeah. you know, have a nice, happy life. Um, great, you know, but maybe had missed out a little bit on all that God had for you and for so many others yeah. that have been impacted by you had you not been willing to take those steps of faith uh, when you were young, I mean, when you were 20. And so living in Yunshoping, you're in your early 20s. What happens next? So uh, I have to say, when we moved to the city of Jönköping, where we actually was in a neighbor city called Husqvarna, so I felt quite alone. Mm. And uh, if you're listening and you move to a new country, as you have done, Luke, mm -hmm. or if you just moved to a new city, you can feel quite alone. And I did. And then we had our first uh, child, Robert, when we were 23. And I felt even more lonelier. lonelier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because then you stayed home and um, and my parents were far away and uh, but even you have to stretch out go to the playground meet other mothers fathers mm -hmm. uh, so it's up to me to to grow as well and um, and it's it's a big challenge even I mean if you stayed in the same city having your first baby is a challenge and right. anyway so pj was a youth pastor and he was away like every friday and was youth camps and um but um so that's where our next step we had family family was the next family step. was the next step we were young parents yeah how old were you when robert came we were 23 23 that is young that is young <laughs> it really is and we bought and then victoria came along like a year and a half after yep. and we bought our first house okay we, so we had two children and our first house when we were 25 wow and pastoring and, and studying pastoring and, and um, yeah i mean that is full that's full on yeah how how were you able to sort that out and handle that was it just like you, you just had youthful energy or what was it like we were younger okay. of course so i loved it uh, i i have loved every season of being a mother uh, every uh, um, it's like when there are babies, it's so easy to see when will one baby ever grow up? He yeah. will, or she will never be, a, you know, never leave my house or never move away from mommy. <laughs> but uh, but I've really loved every season, and from they were babies until where they are today, I just love every season. And I've been, I, I'm honestly, I can say that I've been present in every season, mm -hmm. and. Um, I love that, and I thank God for that, because otherwise it's so easy to turn around. It's like, why wasn't I there mentally when right. there were little babies? But I, I really enjoyed every season. And that's probably uh, 
something very important because I think that there are a lot of parents who maybe struggle with certain seasons. I mean, when, when I've known uh, parents who have had a hard time with like the newborn phase yeah. or with the toddler phase, um, what would your advice be to them? Uh, would it, would it be to just lean into it, uh, enjoy the pieces that you can? Yeah. So true. It's, uh, your ch- children are your highest priority. It's right. like it, the season you're in right now is never coming back. Mm. So, I mean, sometimes it's like if it's three o'clock in the middle of the night and they're screaming <laughs> and they're sick and it's not like time flies when you're sitting there <laughs> with a sick baby or, but, um, yeah, please enjoy the season you're in That's because good. time <laughs> do flies in yeah. a way and, yeah. And pray a lot for your kids. What uh-huh. that's what you can do when it's three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock, and you're sitting there and you're very. So, God will, you know, give you grace for every season, and, yeah. and you're the best parent. Don't compare yourself with anyone else, that's good. and don't do the big things like you don't have to go to Disneyland when they're six months old. Or right, it's just the time together. Time together is uh, what they and and. And really enjoy your time with your husband or wife. Yeah. And and to take care of your marriage. It's so super important. Yeah. Because that's the biggest gift you can give your children. It's so classic, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Because right now, PJ and I are in a stage where we are back where we started. Right. But with uh, all the experience of building a family. So what wow. would it become if we weren't um, husband and wife anymore? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I think that's a, a good point. I mean, obviously, Victoria and I aren't there yet, but there will come a day where we will have children, we'll raise children, our children will move away, and it's going to be us again. Yeah. And but it is tough mm-hmm. when you have little toddlers. Sometimes sure. it is. But if don't speak about it so negative. It's like it's so tough. It's like, yeah. yeah. But thank God for what you have. You have a baby. Right. You have a baby. I mean, it's amazing. Pray for them and uh, try to do your best. Yeah. Skip the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to pull that quote out. Over try to do your best. Skip the rest. I think it's perfect. Laugh a lot. That's my medicine through life. I think laughter is underrated. Yeah. People uh, are too serious sometimes, yeah. hey? Yeah. Or we don't like to laugh. But it's like, oh, it's actually good to laugh. And if you don't have to, you know, time to clean that day or that year, <laughs> it's like t- you will have time later on. So like give yourself be a break. with your kids. That's yeah. good. Um, I love that. I, and I think, be with your husband or wife, of right. course. Yeah. It's like you came first. Yeah. That's important advice. I think that for a lot of people who are in ministry, who are... Um, you know, young families starting churches or uh, working at a church or any of these things. Um, it is important to prioritize family. It can be so quick. And I've noticed just with Victoria and I, uh, how quick I can just be to, um, to just focus or think about church all the time. And then whatever leftover time I have, maybe Victoria will get it. And she's getting like a worse version of me or vice versa. I mean, we can, we can both fall into that trap so quickly. And all of a sudden a week has gone past and it's like, Hey, we haven't really sat down and just talk to each other, Where, especially when the conversation isn't about church. Um, and it's like sometimes we just have to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and be like, oh, how are you? Yeah. yeah. How, how so are true. we? Yeah. And just to get that question, how are you? I was yeah. working, uh, not when I have little babies, but I was working the same time where before I had babies and after. Yep. And so, and just, you know, do what what's best for our family. Yeah. Who's going to pick up the kids from the preschool and, and what, who's making, 
dinner and everything, I'll do the laundry and everything. I mean, do the best for your family mm-hmm. and don't compare yourself with another family That's or another good. marriage. Or, or an Instagram account. No. That's Thank even you. harder. <laughs> Take uh, a break. Take a break. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, if we fast forward just a little bit, um, going from your time in Yunshaping, uh, you eventually moved to Vesteros. Yeah, so our pastor we had <coughs> in Husqvarna, he moved to Vesteros, mm-hmm. 92, 1992, and he said, uh, I will always remember what he said, I want PJ to move with me to Vesteros. And I said, okay, I will join you, you know, <laughs> and the kids. <laughs> right. So we, and I didn't move, I didn't want to move to Vesteros because it's further up north in right. Sweden. So, but he said, okay, just give it a try for two years. Oh, wow. We can rent a we, we You can rent a house for two years. So we did. And the rest is history. We, we, did it take much? Didn't convinc- stay in that rented house. No, 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 no. That's true. It's, uh, it's definitely improved from there. But did you, um, d- did you like immediately like uh, jump at that? Or like what was the process like of discerning for you, of figuring out whether or not you should do that? Or did you just trust like, yeah, let's just do this? I, I think I took it like not day by day, but uh, it's like a season because we had um, – a wonderful season when we moved to Vesteros and our pastor and his wife they moved they lived just five minutes away from us right. so they actually helped us a lot with the kids because when you move away from all the babysitters our parents were still not there we yeah. didn't have anyone else f- as family members PJ and me and our kids that was everything we had and that also was lonely sometimes when mm-hmm. it was not Christmas. We went away for Christmas, of course, but it was Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day. Sure. So maybe that's an encouragement to someone. Just invite people in your world if someone yeah. is new to the city. It's like especially those holidays. That's good. Uh, and because um, I felt pretty lonely again <laughs> in a new yeah. city, but I never. It's like it's not in me to give up. Right. Uh, and. Uh, I was there for a reason as well, and I grew grow slowly into the ministry world, I would say. And, and we had an amazing season just when we moved to Westeros. Uh, and got, yeah, it's so many things around us. Like I know you interviewed Daniel Berlin. Mm-hmm. We were part of that in a way when they got free from That's the kidnapping. Right. It was uh, so many things you learned in that situation. Yeah. And uh, we made so many good friends. And then we started with this... Um, we bought an old house and started our renovation of that, and then yeah. we bought another house, and um, and then we planted a church, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing to see that process, and you, you know, sort of. Um, well, you uh, you moved in. You said ninety two to Vesteros. Ninety three, actually. Ni- ninety three. So yeah. Okay, and so seven years from ninety three until you planted Life Center in the year two thousand. Yeah, and uh, you, you know. Sometimes I look at seven years and think, oh, that's a long time. But also when I look back seven years, it's like, wow, that's mm. actually not that long. And a lot can happen in seven years. And obviously a lot did happen for you guys in seven years time. I mean, uh, Robert and Victoria grew into kids, uh, certainly into, I mean, uh, you know, 10 and 11, almost preteens. And um, like you said, buying and flipping some houses and, and making life work and figuring it out, and then planting a church on top of that. I mean, that's not a small thing. When, um, 
did you through this, at what point did you feel like, okay, now like I know I'm, I'm called to ministry as well. Like, how did you view that season? Even before you planted uh, life center, how did you view that? Did you view yourself in full-time ministry as well? Or did you view yourself? Um, what was that like? In my personal journey, I would say that actually not, even though when we planted out Life Center, but I had my own experience that when we planted out Life Center, uh, we went to the U.S. and actually have a word from God to me. Wow. Uh, an American man was prophesying in Swedish, even in my accent, right behind me. And I turned around and I said, hey, where did you learn Swedish? And he was like... I don't know what you're saying. You spoke to me in Swedish. And um, I've never heard that before or after. Mm -hmm. It was the only time in my life. But God took it step by step. So when we planted out, I could say baby steps towards just going to the platform and saying a few things. Right. It's not like I've been shy, but as you know, PJ, he was like more, he was a pastor, he was a preacher, and I was still working in the media world mm -hmm. for a long time. And then um, I started my own connect group. We always had connect groups, and um, yeah, forever yeah. Uh, before we were even married, we have connect groups in our in our house. So, but I started my own connect group, and I found out that I actually, through God, I have something to give wow. because He has given me so much, and I want to share it the way I am. So I started actually maybe the year after we planted out Life Center and wow. um, with baby steps and having people around me that supported me. Some did not. And sure. that's a lesson learned. And um, I mean, I have my style and I am who the way I am. Yeah. But, but, uh, and then finally, I would say I landed in like, I love this. And then when, uh, yeah, a few years down the road, like I always worked in church. I mean, since yeah. I was a little girl in a way, but uh, like 10 years ago, um, when I was, now I'm 55, so mm -hmm. when I was 45, it was more like, ah, oh, I have to choose. It took so much time for, for being in church and also the newspaper where I was. It's like, I have to choose where, where, where I go from here. Yeah. So then they offered me, okay, full time in church mm -hmm. and here I am. So, uh, and I do want to talk about that a little bit because I think there's a lot of, um, well, well, just to contextualize. So you worked uh, this whole time that we've been talking, mm -hmm. when you moved to Vesteros, you worked at the newspaper here, yeah. right? And what were you doing there at the newspaper? All kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I worked with journalists. I worked with graphics. Uh, I uh, did a lot of TV, radio. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I also worked with HR, you say that? Yeah, yeah. human resources. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. And how long were you working at that newspaper? Oh, <laughs> Uh, so, um, you know, all the newspapers have been at 25 years. 25 years. Yeah, different kinds of newspapers. Sure. So I started in Young Shipping and then, yeah. Okay, right. But I think that there, there there's something there for young leaders because I think a lot of young leaders who get into church planting and pastoring, the dream or the immediate thought is, okay, I'm just going to be able to get a full pay from church and just, boom, jump into it. And that's the only way that you can do it. And it's like, I, I just have to do that. But... I, I think there's an, another reality that is there are, are a lot of bivocational pastors, those who you know work in the marketplace and build church as well. And it's not like, oh, I do this part-time and this part-time. It's like I do this 100% time and I do this 100% time. And I think that that is certainly what you did as well, where you were working 
full-time at a newspaper. Yeah. You were working full-time leading, planting a brand new church. You were working a thousand percent time as a mother to mm -hmm. two children. How were you able to balance all of that? How did you keep it going? How, how did that work? You just have to, and it was a lot of joy. And I loved my work at the newspaper. And as I said, it's like 25 years. I can yeah. still miss that. Yeah. And it, it gives, when, especially when you move to a new city, it gives you new friends. Right. It gives you, like, um, at, that, at the newspaper, mm. I was only me. Right. It's so easy sometimes when I'm in church. It's like, hey, you're the wife of PJ. Yeah, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, I can miss that sometimes as well. And right. um, so I've always been, you know, to our kids, it's like so good for you to have an education because yeah. you never know with life. And just to know how ordinary people it's like our church members. They work and they give time in, to church. Right. And I respect that 1,000 billion times because I've been there, You've done been there. that. Yeah. And ra raising a family and renovating houses and moving and, and new places. So Right. And it's doable. Right. Uh, if you're very... I mean, I planned my day. Right. I, I mean, sometimes I knew exactly every 15 minutes what I was supposed to do for many years. I don't do it now. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do... But that was my, you know, it was, I knew exactly. Sometimes I even went home, you know, lunchtime, do, did some laundry, did some, you know, food for the kids. And then I went back working. But I had, as a recommendation, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like we have everything close. So where we lived, the newspaper, the kids' school, everything was within 10 minutes walk. Right. And that was like important to me like if anything happened to the kids or was you know had to go to school or i was there in two minutes no problem i was home in f 10 minutes yeah and uh so that's was you know but we we loved it and um we're kind of having a big world and how to finance finance yeah. our new church plant you can't just give money no <laughs> it's like we live in Europe. It's another, it's yeah. another thing here. So it was not even in my mind that I was get paid from church. Wow. For a long time. I love that actually, because well, here here's something that I, I think not even PJ was paid the first years. Right. Yeah. Here's something that I think uh, I see maybe too often uh, with young church planters, my age and younger. I think that there's a bit of a um, fantasy and it's a little bit glamorized and again I think that this is perpetuated by social media and um, comparison and things that we see but I think generally there's a bit of a sense of entitlement that says I'm a pastor and I'm going to automatically just start getting paid I'm going to plan a church I'm going to be getting paid and I'm going to be able to buy cool clothes to stand on the platform and people can and I am um, I, I'm oversimplifying this yeah. of course and yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's the heart of necessarily everybody who's planning a church. I certainly hope it's not. I actually see a lot of sacrifice as well. But um, at the same time, I do think that there is a bit of a sense of like, okay, I can, I can just, uh, and, and honestly, I've been there. Uh, the idea of I can just plant a church and get paid and it's going to be no problem and it's just, that's the end of it. But I appreciate your take on this, that actually it's hard work and don't just immediately assume you're going to get paid to do it. What would you say to somebody who is, you know, planning a church right now, 
and they're realizing, hey, I'm going to have to work a full-time job. What would your encouragement be to them? Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, don't lose your family on the way. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, family first, because people are people are people all over the world. It's like sometimes when you look at Instagram, oh, I moved to you know whatever country and it goes be easier there. I right. don't think so. Right. It's um, and don't forget to start your day right with uh, on your knees praying. Mm-hmm. What is God saying to me today? Read your Bible. Yeah. And then God gives you strength right. to to be, uh, you know, if you have to work, you have to work. And you're probably younger than I am if you plant a church and you have sure. more energy and um, find ways to. I mean, it's in the Bible as well. People worked. True. They were fishermen. They Paul. did. Yeah, Paul. Made tents. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's in the Bible and it's. Um, yeah, you have to be careful about people's money as well, right. and it's a gift. So when I quit my job, I also have to say that uh, every month I had, I was lower paid in church. Sure, it's not a sacrifice at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you in in Europe in Sweden, if you're doing this for make money, it's <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not about that. No. it's about you know calling yeah it's a calling and the best view ever i have in my mind is when people are getting saved when people are getting baptized when you see young people hundreds of young people pray for young people uh and my burden is often you know pastors kids how they're doing and pastors marriages and uh, so yeah it's on my heart and it's yeah in my prayers I love that, and I think that that is the right perspective. And again, I, I do think that there are a lot of pastors, of course, they don't get in it for the money. Um, but uh, but at the same time, obviously, money is a real aspect of yeah. pastoring and planting a church, and it's not something that can be ignored. But I like the um, I, I like your advice of just being a good steward with people's money as well and thinking how do we as leaders in the church ensure that we are putting that money to good work yeah. for kingdom purpose? And I, I just think it's, I think it's commendable for people who are, who are willing to say, um, Hey, you know, I can't get paid by the church right now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing ministry. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop pastoring the church. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that my calling has changed to do this. And I I saw my parents give so much Mm -hmm. time and money into a church, but they were never employed. No. But we were always, every Sunday we were in church. And I didn't see them as like a sacrifice. Gave them so much. Right. It has to, I I never, you remember everything they complained. It gave us so much as a family. Yeah. And so many friends, so much fun. So um, it's like in me, like every Sunday we go to church and it's, a lot of joy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so cool. Um, I think one thing that you do that I really look up to and that I think is fantastic is you, you, you're you really good at making people feel seen and heard and valued for that matter. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, because yeah. I don't know. I think it's important to be, um, because I've been in the media world, I love to listen to other people's stories. Right. We have two ears and one mouth. It's like, listen, listen. Yeah. 
uh, to people. It's like, and then you can hear the most amazing and beautiful stories all the time. And that's my, I love that. And I hear stories every day. And so, and that's try to learn people's names. And where are you from? Where were you born? Because people like to speak often about themselves. And even yeah. though they've been through tough times, it's like, oh, what happened? Please tell me. Because when I'm telling you, and you know that my, my childhood has been so happy, you know, also know that my father's childhood was not so happy. Right. He had a tough start in life, my own father. But it's so true with your history hasn't to be your future. Right. If you draw a line in the sand and say, hey, God... Uh, be with me even if it's been tough mm. it's like it's not has to it not it hasn't to be your future it can be something else yeah. for you and your children and your family your marriage so just to see people and uh, to read the room be the one who it's like here i am i am jesus in my heart and he saw people yeah. so and he listened to people and uh, try to do your best, and God will do the rest. <laughs> Here we are again. <laughs> I love. There's one thing that you say that I love, which is uh, uh, ask yourself: Does the room get better when yeah. you enter, yeah. or when you leave? Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's great. Fantastic. <laughs> there's sometimes where it's like that room got better because I left it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to be that kind of person where I walk into a room and I make it better. Um, brighter and better. Brighter, encouraging, yeah. full of joy. People are happy to see me. I, and I you can that. do so much or you can say so much without words. Yeah, that's and good. And maybe especially in the season we're just in or have, have been, it's like yeah. crazy, yeah. Zoom and everything. It's like you really have to do so much more. Yeah. But uh, And you can do so much with just a text. It's like send someone a Bible verse and, hey, I miss you. I love you. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you're also great at doing that and re- remembering those types of things and just doing it. I think that that is, is so much of the behind-the-scenes ministry of what pastoring actually is. The, the little things. The little things. It doesn't get talked about. I think many people, I've been there myself, and I fall into this trap all the time where I think, what is pastoring? Oh, it's so often it's like standing on a platform and it's preaching. Um, that is 1% of pastoring. Uh, it, it happens to be the most visible percentage, but it really is such a small bit of it. Um, People will forget what you said, mm-hmm. but they won't forget how you made them feel. Yeah, it's right. so true. It's so true. That's good. It is. Because I, I think I, I heard I was challenged at one point um, by a podcast like last week or something. I can't remember who, who said it. Uh, if I think of it, I'll say it. I don't want to you know misquote somebody, but... It was the, the, they were basically saying like, hey, like you know, you spent uh, two hours trying to write that perfect phrase in your sermon that nobody's going to remember, and you can't spend two minutes in the lobby talking to somebody new, and it's like, oh, that's convicting because I can be that. I can agonize over this like I got to get the wording perfect in the in what I'm trying to say. Um, meanwhile, nobody's going to remember it, and it probably didn't sound that amazing to begin with, anyways. And then it's like, okay, I can spend so much time on that. But then it's like, oh, I'm too tired to speak to somebody after church in the lobby or say hi or smile and let them know. And it's like, wait a minute, this is really backwards here. That's preaching also, more preaching. If anyone's like you hear someone on platform and they are a disaster when they go down, it's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's... um, yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, obviously it is so important to just be 
the real deal the real on deal. the platform and when you go down from the platform. Yes. And I can probably be the opposite if I, I'm not preparing two Preach. weeks. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's like, but more open towards people and God, what do you want to say? And, and you know that my mother just died a few months ago and I've been so much. It's like I've been in heaven speaking with Jesus and, yeah. and uh, he's telling me so many things, good things in this season it's so important that you are you know doing your best and not be uh, you know angry with someone or and, and um, mm-hmm. it's so important to be what well, do what you can to be friendly with people and, and don't scream or or um, you know be uh, annoying annoying <laughs> or but i think it's um and you have an ability to do this uh, again i i am uh so amazed by you have this certain boldness to speak to anybody i'm like i know you say you like you grew up shy and i didn't know you when you were growing up but now i mean i see you walking around the city and just saying hi and meeting people (laughs) and talking to people and inviting them to church and uh praying for people i remember you told the story of uh i'll probably get it wrong you can fill it in but you were going to um the grocery store and there was a woman parked there in her car and she was crying or something like this and uh you knocked on the window? Yeah, what, I did. What, what, I, I mean, did. that's bold. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I I know that God leads you sometimes. Yeah. It's like I saw on her that something has happened, and um, and it had. So I prayed for her, and I invited her to church. And, so uh, you, knock, you knocked on the window of her car. She rolled down the window. Yeah, yeah. And then what? You just said, can I pray for you? No, no. I asked, what happened? And, uh-huh. and it was a tragic situation going on. And I said, hey, I'm a pastor. Whatever you say stays with me. Yeah. And then um, I, I said, I'm a pastor. As I said, can I please pray for you? And um, and uh, I gave her my phone number. Right. And so we still have some contact, actually. And I invited her to church when it's open up. And it's... Of course. doesn't work now. So, yeah. But I, I think that kind of boldness is incredible. Can, I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's simple to say, can I pray for you? Yeah. But to have that spirit that is sensitive to those Yeah, that's situations. so important that so I have my days as well when I go sure. to the grocery store and I feel like, <laughs> oh, but uh, most of the time they're not there. It's like, it's like, I want to work with the Holy Spirit and I would, would do the best I can while I'm here on, on the earth. Yeah. And uh, one day I, I, I will do, I want to do my very best and especially... I, this is coming in my marriage, with my family, with my kids, with my grandkids. Yeah. But God has so much more. It's like it doesn't end there. It's right. like I only have time with this. No, uh, actually, yeah. uh, put God first and then I have time with so much more. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when I'm, you know, already shopping or when I already, you know, exercise or something, I can always give some sunshine when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm tired, I'm tired and I'm home. And it's <laughs> not... <laughs> That's a good perspective to have as well. Yeah. But it's also okay to be tired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that that also gives permission to pastors, leaders. Yeah, absolutely. You have to take some time off. Yeah. It's so... That's a key thing. Yeah, it's a key thing as well. Absolutely. Especially, I would say, after this crazy year. (laughs) We've had a year and a half. And we're not through it yet. Absolutely not. But uh, God gives you strength. He really does. And I've seen that so much in this season when my mother passed away. It's like, wow, you really are. There is a heaven. And I know she's in heaven. And I'm going to be there one day with her. And until then, she has a legacy that she, you know, 
I got to take it up. Yeah. And my father as well. And uh, their marriage, they, be, they were married for 64 years. Mm. And uh, so do your very best with everything. And, and I asked my father, it's like, I've never heard you, you know, so much complaining or arguing with other people. It's like, no, why do you open that door to anger, to bitterness mm. or arguing loud with people? It's like, why do you do that? Of course, he had his chances, so to speak. But so, why do you do that? Why do you live in anger when it's so much peace out there? So it was. Uh, you were at the funeral as well. You yeah. know, it's like it's so different if you go to a funeral. People are, you know, angry with each other. What a legacy to pick up. And um, no kidding, no kidding. Well. I think you do a great job uh, continuing to build that legacy and to invest in family and everything. I mean, obviously, uh, I see you um, as a mother, as a grandmother, and the way that you love uh, your grandchildren, uh, my nieces. Mm. Um, I think that that's so fun to see. And even the way that you, I mean, provide such space even for Victoria and myself. I think it's uh, amazing. Just, um, well, I think that you provide just such a sense of safety for us that allows us to just run uh, in life. Absolutely. And I've always felt that way and I'm thankful for that. And I don't know where we would be without that. And so um, I think that that's an incredible thing. And you, you are a great example of uh, uh, modeling what you preach, you know, Thank on you. platform, off platform, you're the same. And uh, I think that's wonderful to see. So, so thank you for that hear. example. Thank you. Lucky boy. Yes. Well, this has been awesome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, what it, an honor. Yeah, I mean, I hope... My English is better because of you. It's, <laughs> yeah, and my Swedish <laughs> is much better because of you too. Um, but I hope it's not the last time. I mean, it's fun to just uh, talk with you and, and get your take on everything and hear your stories. You've always got such great stories to tell. It's not over yet. No, it's not over yet. But thanks for joining me. And uh, I hope I said something good. <laughs> I guarantee you said something good. It, definitely. Uh, do our best. God will take care of the rest. That's all that we needed. So true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you to my amazing mother-in-law. Love you, Lucky. Love you. Love you.